Welcome to Body Literacy Babes. I'm Megan. And I'm Natalie. And we're certified fertility awareness educators. Here on Body Literacy Babes, we chat uncensored about our favorite topics like periods, ovulation, cervical mucus, charting, sex, natural birth control, conception, and so much more. Peppered with plenty of unsolicited advice, fam confessions, and laughs, we want you to join the conversation. Body literacy for everyone forever. So, Nat, how are you doing today before we get into it? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Um, While we're recording this, I feel like there is a lot going on in the world. We kind of started recording during COVID, and now um, there's a lot on my mind with the current events that are going on, Um, you know, It's just, yeah, it is a really, I feel like it is a really important time and I'm being really aware of like what I surround myself with and what I'm learning and trying to be really grounded is basically the summary of how I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. How about you, Megan? I hear you. Same, same here. Things have been, um, honestly kind of crazy throughout this whole podcast season um with right now being I think perhaps like the most momentous and it's really um it's really I can't even find the words for it um besides momentous just huge things are happening in our communities and um you know we're we're learning and we're trying to do the work and um you know expand our understanding. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now as well. Um, trying to deepen awareness and do what we can to help, um, amplify other people's voices, honestly, and, um, just kind of spread and deepen this awareness because it's time. Yeah, I totally agree, Megan. And I think, um, we were talking about, um, wanting to open this conversation about, you know, representation in the fertility awareness world and how racism exists in every system and structure and how it exists in this world too. And I think we want to be able to talk about it and present it in a really thoughtful way. And so um, our episode today, while we're recording it in this time when a lot of stuff is happening, we want it to be really sustainable going forward and not just talk about it today, but also in the months and years to come as we're doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, we're in conversation about people that we can talk to that will be able to shed some light um, and their perspective on this um, so that we're not the ones who are taking up that space. Um, and that is in the works. So we acknowledge that and just wanted to kind of make a note. Or it feels important to say it would it would feel really um, not right to ignore what yeah. we're what we're surrounded with in this current moment. Whether when you're listening to it, it's still happening um, and very present or not, we just want to say it just wouldn't feel right to not say anything. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. We definitely have to talk about it and. Um, I've, you know, just been trying to, to point people to resources and, and go to those resources myself and just um, amplify others' voices and um, just try and, um, again, spread that awareness and 
do the work of moving forward sustainably, like we mentioned. So, so yeah, that all is in the works. Um, and we have that, um, you know, moving forward. Totally. So for today, though, we are going to talk about why we decided to become FAM educators and um, the journey of how we got to kind of where we are now, what we thought being fertility awareness educators would be and what it actually is and get into a little bit of that conversation because I don't know about you, Megan, but this is a question that I'm increasingly getting more of is um, what training did you do and um, what should I know if I want to become a fertility awareness educator? Um, and it isn't an easy answer. I feel like there are so many different sides to this conversation about our own experience during the same training. Um, and currently I'm also getting trained in another fertility awareness method. So I'm getting another whole perspective of a different training. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm really excited. Yeah. And honestly, I'm very excited too, to hear about that other training because <laughs> that's something that I've been curious about as well. Um, yeah, same though. I get a lot of um, inquiries and requests about um, how I get into this work and um, where people can go and how they might want to prepare before trying to become certified. Cause I think that there are definitely some steps and we'll, we'll talk about this um, upcoming, but there's definitely uh, some steps to kind of uh, come into first before um, trying to uh, get a certification because it's important to have that context um, before we step into that. So having said that, um, this, this first point of like why and when we decided to become educators, um, I I'd love, I don't, I don't know if I really like know really your story on that, Matt. I'd really love to hear that more. I feel like I know a little bit, but I feel like with everyone, there's always more of the story. So I'd love to hear more. Tell me. Why did I become a FAM educator? I learned FAM, and maybe we'll talk about this in another episode of like our experience learning fertility awareness ourselves. So I won't go super in depth into that, but basically when I learned fertility awareness, I learned from an educator. And in that moment, I felt really strongly that um, I hadn't been offered this information previously. Uh, it was totally new to me. I was blown away. And I, it kind of planted the seed for me to want to become an educator sometime in the future. So I charted my cycles for two years using fertility awareness and then I decided to take the FEMM F -E -M -M, training when I finished my undergrad degree. So I finished my Bachelor of Social Work and then the following fall I decided to do the training for FEMM. Um, partly because I really like learning and so I think there was like this void once I finished my undergrad to do some further education and also I knew that it was something I wanted to do eventually so why not just do it now um, and I remember struggling feeling like I wasn't ready to like I wasn't at that point where I could teach fam and 
um, take a certification. I just didn't feel quite ready, but there was part of me that wanted to do it so badly and was already telling people about it and getting so many questions. And I had been using fertility awareness for a few years. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to start the training and continue learning as I'm doing the training. So I did the training and I was also working in a social work position simultaneously doing the training and getting my practice clients and all of that. And then um, I started a full-time job as a mental health social worker um, where I was working for about a year and a half traveling to remote communities and um, doing crisis work and all of that stuff. And meanwhile, my fertility awareness business was growing and I was teaching more people. So once I finished my practice clients, I started teaching more people and it just kind of grew more than I thought it would in that time. There was just so many people wanting to learn fertility awareness and more so in the online space than in the in-person space. Um, so after working at that position for a year and a half, I decided to um, do my business full time and also <laughs> go back to school. <laughs> so I went back to do my uh, to do my master's of social work, which I'm currently still working on. Wow. But basically, <laughs> basically, I really wanted more time to devote to doing fertility awareness work and teaching clients, but also like working on my business, which is equally a big part of what I do. And yeah, I, I really just wanted to be able to, to fulfill like my passion and what I love and what I think about all the time, which is fertility awareness and what I really feel like I can um, make an impact, I guess. I mean, that's not why I'm doing it, but that's what I feel like I'm here for is to actually do this. So that is currently unfolding and is still unfolding, but that's kind of where I got to where I am. How about yeah, you, Megan? Absolutely. Wow. Um, yeah, it was just so good to hear all of that. Um, so in my, um, in my area, what happened was I had found out about fertility awareness back in my junior year of college. And I think before then I had sort of like heard about it in passing. People would talk about like natural family planning on occasion in my life, but never in the context of, Hey, this is an effective method of birth control. You should learn more about it. It was always just like a random mention that no one would ever talk about again. <laughs> um, and so I found out about it on YouTube and I always feel like I've always felt like YouTube has been like my online home and I remember like I specifically got an account in like 2006 when I was like really young and I still have um, that account. Uh, but it's just this amazing place where you can go to learn all these new amazing things from like all these different fields and all these different perspectives just from regular people. And so I had been following this person um, and she mentioned natural birth control and taking charge of your fertility, the book which I think everyone who uses FAM either gets started with or they eventually read. Um, you know, it's such a part of, such an important part of our knowledge about FAM. 
Um, and so I got the book and I uh, read it like cover to cover and I did it really in isolation because I was definitely carrying a lot of um, like Catholic shame <laughs> about sex um, for my whole life and just this pressure. Like I was the only um, girl in a family of, of three other boys uh, in terms of my siblings. And so I always felt this pressure. It was like, okay, um, you know, I can't quote unquote mess up. I can't like, you know, do anything wrong. And like all this pressure was placed on sex and not having sex and waiting till marriage. And, um, you know, there's so much that gets wrapped up into that, which I won't even go into right now. But point being, I was learning in isolation to the point where like, I would hide the book in my uh, room under my pillow from my roommate, who's like my best friend. And I didn't even feel like I could tell her about it. Um, but it's like, that's the level of, uh, of shame that a lot of people carry, I think, around this type of thing. But thankfully, down the line, um, I think this work, you know, helped me and continues to help me to move past that and to learn. Um, and so, yeah, I, I read the book cover to cover. I was like ready to go with charting. And I got like four days into charting and I totally gave up because I didn't know anyone else who was practicing the method at all. I thought it was just me in the book and that was it. I didn't know that there were other resources. Um, I had no idea that FAM educators even existed. I didn't know that that was a job that people could have um, or a business that, pe that people could have. And so I totally left behind Fertility Burnus for like, I think two years. And I just didn't go back to it. I didn't really think about it again. It was kind of at the back of my mind or it was like, oh, there's that option that I read about, but like, I'm not, I don't know if it really is a good fit for, fit for me. Um, Cause I also thought that like paper charting was the only way. And for me, paper charting never clicked. Um, whereas with apps, I do a lot better. Um, and so I finally realized that fam educators do exist. And I took a course with uh, one for six months and it was amazing. Um, I took that course with them as a client and I learned so much and I just, I became so fascinated and obsessed with charting. Um, I absolutely loved it. I thought about it like all the time <laughs> and um, I joined this Facebook group about it and I eventually became like one of the moderators of the Facebook group and that was so exciting and I learned so much there. And I realized, you know, this is this thing that I'm constantly thinking about and talking about and I want to talk about it more. And I want to, other people to know about this, but in an accurate way, because there's so many misconceptions out there about fertility awareness. I don't want people to be misinformed about those. I want them to actually know, you know, the science and the, um, you know, accurate use of the method and things like that. And... And so I realized like, you know, I want to try and be someone who can provide that for other people and just try and be another voice in the space to help with that. Um, and so I also became um, certified with FEM. And again, that was a decision that um, we'll get into in a bit about like why FEM. Um, but I certified with them and it was just a really, uh, you know, interesting process. And um, it led me to now work online with, I don't know, I, I, I don't really keep specific count, but I think it's been at least like 90 people, which I'm just like, so <laughs> like floored to be able to say. Um, but it's really just so powerful and it never ceases to amaze me. 
And I absolutely love having this type of conversation because I think it's important for people to know out there who are listening, like if you want to do this work, please do it. Come join us. <laughs> please do because we need you. And, you know, people out there need you and they need to hear your perspective specifically. Um, everyone has a different story with this. Everyone has their different lived experiences with fertility awareness and um, and all of the things that go along with it. Um, and so I think it's important for there to be more voices coming to the party and, you know, more information out there. Um, and, and that's really what it's all about with this conversation is to, you know, hopefully be that little nudge for people who are listening to say like, Hey, we know that you've been thinking about this, <laughs> you know, maybe it might be that, that time to take those next steps. Um, you know, if you're in that place. So, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at today. Um, and I'm just very thankful to be in this space because it's just, it's just such an incredible community of people too. It's amazing. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel the same way. I think that the more people that we have who are educated, who are fertility awareness educators or who can speak about fertility awareness in their communities, the better. Because I feel like that's one of the biggest barriers to having this information really accessible and widespread is that you need to be able to see someone who you can relate to who's also using fertility awareness to trust it. Otherwise, you're like, well, I don't know anybody who uses FAM or I've never talked to someone about it. So, you know, I don't think it's for me or I don't think it I don't think it'll work. And I think the more the more people who are really who really know what they're talking about when it comes to fertility awareness, the better. And I think that um, there is really incredible momentum right now. A lot of people are coming across fertility awareness either through social media or in different Facebook groups that are completely unrelated to um, fertility awareness that are seeing it come up. And I think that that's the best way that it'll spread is by talking about it with your own communities and being someone who people can come to to ask questions and and hear a lived experience of using fertility awareness. So I love that. I love that story. Absolutely. And that element of community is so critical. Like when I when I think back to when I tried to learn fertility awareness um, by myself in the first place, it was so isolating. And I just, it was like, on the one hand, I felt like, wow, here's this whole book of knowledge. This is amazing. I want to tell people about it. And at the same exact time, I felt like, well, you know, no one really wants to have these conversations. I feel like people aren't hearing me. Um, how can I talk about this? And, you know, eventually when I came to work with an instructor, it was immediately, you know, I, I was supported by this other group of people. And I was like, okay, wait, there's a community here. This is really uh, powerful. And then from there, I just kept you know, being lucky enough to to find more communities of of people from all over who were finding ways to practice this method and make it easy and make it joyful um, and make it more accessible to people. And that's just been amazing. And so I, I can't overstate enough the power of community in this. And that's why we want to have this conversation out in the open um, so that people can get that sense and feel, you know, that supported um in their decision 
I feel like for me, another reason why I wanted to become a certified educator too was because I felt like if I had like the excuse of being certified, then I would be able to talk with people about it more easily because I could say, oh, you know, this is my job. This is what I'm working on. Um, and admittedly, it did make those conversations much easier. And I found I, I felt like people were, were more accepting and interested when I could say, you know, this is my job, this is my area of work. And um, it just opened up those conversations a lot easier. What did you think, um, what did you think it would be like being a fertility awareness educator? Yeah. What, what, what have the realities been? So I thought that being a fam educator I pictured myself initially, like, I don't know, I thought I might, like, go into schools and, like, teach classrooms. I thought I might, um, you know, need to reach out to local churches or something, because I wasn't sure, like, how it would look. I wasn't sure if I needed to teach people locally um, or if I would teach them online. And if online, how would I do that? What would that look like? Because I had no experience prior to doing this you know, having any type of an online business or knowing anything about how courses work or even, even like, you know, how we're all using Zoom today <laughs> to, you know, connect and, and converse and stuff. It wasn't like that a few years ago. I had barely even ever heard of Zoom um, or, or other, you know, online portals to, to teach and talk and converse and connect besides like, you know, the basic ones like Facebook Messenger or something, which at the time, um, you know, just didn't have the type of broader um, support that it has now in terms of like video connection and things like that. Um, so yeah, I thought it would be a lot of like, you know, in-person teaching. I also thought that I would be doing um, teaching conception planning. And today I actually don't. I actually focus my business on health and natural birth control. Um, and then I refer out to other awesome people and awesome educators who, um, who do want to work with clients, um, for conception planning. And that's just kind of where, you know, I'm at and where my, my passion lies. I felt like when I came into the field, there was actually so much focus on, um, conception planning and infertility. And that was, um, a big area. And I realized that the area about, natural birth control was kind of underserved um, from my perspective. And I was like, okay, this is actually where I want to focus um, my work. Um, and it's been great to be able to do that. I came in this, per I came in with this perception of like, I need to do it all. I need to teach to every single person of every single fertility goal. Um, I need to have all the bases covered. And then I realized, well, you know, actually my passion and what I really want to be doing is in an area of natural birth control. And so that's where my focus came to be. Um, and I like that, that sense of freedom. Um, it feels great. And then I also felt like, I felt like there might be this sense of like competition with other educators. And I had this inherent fear and hesitation that, um, you know, it was sort of like the same educators were all quote unquote, like competing for the same clients um, when I first came into it. And I quickly realized that like, no, that's not the case. <laughs> and that's why it's so important that, you know, to have more voices in this field, because it's not like, you know, there's a room full of 10 clients and everyone has to like 
fight over them. It's never ever like that. You know, we're all just speaking out on our voices and we're, we're bringing in the clients um, who, who resonate with us and who relate with us and, um, and who want to learn more. And so I just think it's important for people um, to kind of leave behind that mindset of everything as a competition or like a popularity contest, because it's truly not. Um, there are so many incredible educators who are, you know, extremely amazing at what they do. And, you know, they don't have a following of like 10,000 people or whatever the number is. Um, it's really not about a numbers game and it's not about that competition. And I came to realize like, this is actually a community and we support each other um, in a, a lot of really incredible ways. Um, and I also thought, and then I'll hand it over to you, but I also thought that I would have to like defend my career choice to others. I had this inner defensiveness um, sort of already like lined up ready when people would ask me what I did for work. And it was this double-edged sword where on the one hand, I was so excited to tell them about fertility awareness and to talk about it and to have that conversation and I was hopeful about it. But then I also, on the flip side, I was like so ready just in case to like defend it in case they had anything like, you know, questioning or like negative to say about it. Not questioning, but negative to say about it. Um, you know, frequently the rhythm method pops up um, and if you're a FAM educator or if you've been practicing FAM for a while, you know it's like, it's just such an old <laughs> trope at this point. And it, it can be tiring to have to explain the difference constantly, but at the same time, it's good that people want to have the conversation and it's good that they want to ask so that we can clarify. Um, so I think it's actually a good opportunity. So yeah, that's kind of what I thought it was gonna be. Um, I had definitely a lot of preconceived notions um, and what it ended up being was a lot different. How about for yourself? I think a lot of them are similar. Um, I think, I don't think I knew what I was getting myself into, to be fully honest. I think I thought that all I would be doing was teaching fertility awareness, but there's so much more to running a fertility awareness business than teaching fertility awareness. And that is what I really love to do. And I wish that I could do that 100% of the time. But in reality, there's just so much more behind the scenes that people don't see that goes into everything that we do. Um, and I think if I had known how much more I would be doing or how much of my being I would be putting into this, I don't know if I would have made this. No, I, I still would have done this, but I would have... Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think I just was naive in um, what I thought it would be like. Um, so when I first learned fertility awareness, I learned from a Catholic natural family planning uh, organization uh, in person. And the course was an hour and a half. Um, and my partner came with me. And it was like a Saturday morning and it was just the tip of the iceberg. Like it was not a super in-depth uh, course or session, but that was all that there was. So I left kind of being like, okay, is this what it is? Like, is this how you teach fam? 
And then as I was diving into everything else that's connected with uh, fertility awareness, whether it's hormone health or living cyclically and all that kind of stuff, I was like, you know, I want to be able to teach more than just fertility awareness. I want this to be really like holistic and all encompassing and, um, you know, just more than just like the rules for avoiding pregnancy and all that kind of stuff. So I think I thought I would just be teaching fam, but I'm doing so much more than that. And then I also thought that I would be doing in-person sessions because that is how I, that's how I learned initially. Um, So I was doing a lot of networking with like clinics and like doctors and um, like women's centers and was just getting no response like 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 just crickets like I wasn't getting any responses back any phone calls back nothing which was super discouraging and that's when I started focusing more on the online side of my business and that's where I was able to just connect with and reach way more people um, in this area who are interested and now that I have more of an online presence people in my area come across like my Instagram page and are like, oh, I had no idea you were in Winnipeg. So like in a weird way, now I'm connecting with people in my area, which I love. um, And I really value like in-person connections. Um, But I definitely thought that I was going to be teaching in my living room uh, or teaching at different places in Winnipeg. Uh, because I just felt like there was a huge gap, a huge need for people talking about this where I live. Um, so yeah, I think, and I also resonate with what you're saying. I remember like not really knowing what Zoom was and not having a clue how to run my own business and navigate like everything online. Um, and it's been a huge learning curve but it's also I also really enjoy it I didn't think I would enjoy it I've never thought of myself as in the business world or anything like that but I, I really do love it and it brings me a lot of joy and I think it also is where I put a lot of my creative energy it's like my outlet almost um and at the same time it's something that I really love it's talking about um, body literacy and uh, women's health and advocacy and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think, and like the defending my career choice, I think I like really eased myself into doing this as my job. And so there was never a moment where I had to like declare that I was a fam educator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it just kind of evolved and came to be. And um, I think I I think I hesitated to in like to introduce myself to new people as a fertility awareness educator and I think I've had to kind of challenge myself to be really open about that um in some ways it's easier to share to like hundreds of people you don't know on Instagram than one person you meet in person and so Mm -hmm. I've had to really challenge myself to be open and in that way um but it's really important I think to talk about it because like you said if it it really does I hope it does encourage other people to do the same thing yeah yeah um when you're mentioning like uh how it's more than just teaching fam that 
I, I can't believe I like forgot to mention that. <laughs> but um, yeah, this work is so much more than just teaching fertility awareness. And you're right, I wish that it could just be that 100% of the time. Um, but when we come into this, this field, we quickly realize, oh, you know, we also have to think about um, marketing and business practices and how we can, you know, expand and um, do that in a thoughtful way. And so there's just this wall of information that you suddenly realize one day you are totally responsible for. No one else is going to do it for you. Um, unless you're like independently wealthy and you can pay, pay everyone, <laughs> but it's like, you have to step up and learn how to run your own YouTube channel or, you know, increase Instagram engagement. And I think in some ways it's like, it can seem very technical. And for a long time I thought like, okay, I have to do, I have to follow the steps that this influencer put out about how to increase like emails or blah, blah, blah. And like, it felt very like unnatural and robotic and I didn't like it. And I eventually finally worked with, um, this incredible, uh, business coach. Um, her name is Marley Jameson and she helps me so much in terms of mindset. And when I expected, um, or what I expected from working with her was to kind of get to like, again, this technical details about, okay, what steps do I follow to make a website or something? And what I learned was it's about mindset, a lot of it. And so I realized I was able to like let go of a lot of expectations that were unrealistic that I had for myself and I didn't need to place that pressure on myself. And I was able to be more authentic and um, be more myself and just uh, let people in and, you know, um, support other educators, um, and just do that in a way that felt good and natural. And all that came from, from mindset work. And so I think for people who are coming into the field or thinking about doing it, yes, so much of it obviously is teaching fertility awareness, but it's also important to know that, um, again, it's, it's your business and, you know, you are the leader of it. And so, you know, it's your job to kind of educate yourself about those different areas. And it can seem really scary at first and it can seem really intimidating, but I promise that, you know, it's a practice and the more you learn and expand and grow, um, it's going to take time, but you'll get there um, and you can do it. And so that piece is incredible. Um, and then you had mentioned, let's see, this other point about oh, declaring... <laughs> <laughs> declaring that like you are a fam educator. So you're right. And like, so the reason why I felt that pressure was because I, in order to become a fam educator, I first left my previous job and I was a volunteer coordinator at a therapeutic writing center. It's a very, very niche, very specific position. Cause it's not only within the, um, the field of, you know, uh, horses and equestrians, but it's also within, um, you know, sort of like a physical therapy area and recreational therapy. And then also you're a volunteer coordinator, so you're working with volunteers. And so I just felt, and then on top of that, I was also, and, and still I'm a therapeutic writing educator or instructor. Sorry, I'm flip-flopping my terms here. Um, <laughs> but so for me, I was in this really specific field, really specific job, and very few people 
apply to that, but it's also like critical to the role of these writing centers. And if you leave, you need to have a replacement lined up or else like the whole thing will like burn down. <laughs> like it can't, it can't go out because you need volunteers for every single ride. And we had, um, I think like 118 participants every week and each person needs usually one to three volunteers. And so it's managing like hundreds of volunteers. So for me, it was like, I had to think long and hard, like, do I want to do this? Can I do this? How do I do this? Um, the other thing for me that was a big factor was I had at the time a lot of chronic low back pain. So it's like I knew that sitting at a desk job was not sustainable and I needed job a job for my lower back that provided flexibility um, so I could, you know, live and, and manage my back pain. And so eventually I realized like I had to put in my notice and I literally put it in like two and a half months early to give them like enough time to find someone else. Um, and so it was this like huge, like life altering decision. <laughs> and, um, and for anyone out there, like if you're going through that type of a thought process, I get it. It was a very, very difficult decision. Um, and after that, I had to try and hit the ground running with building my business and getting certified because I just couldn't continue with that other job anymore. I was um, very physically burnt out with my back pain and um, mentally burnt out with the amount of, of roles I was managing. Um, and so I knew I needed something different. And so that's why I sort of had to like declare it because people in my family and in my life, you know, they knew me in a certain role as a volunteer coordinator and as a therapeutic writing instructor. And I, ha I just totally flipped that with something completely new to them. And so I felt like I needed to, you know, be upfront about it and like let people know and stuff. And long story short, it's all fine. But <laughs> at the time it was like this really scary thing. Um, and I didn't know how it was going to work out. I knew that people, I knew that there were some fam educators that could have this as their career. Um, but I didn't know how that would look or how to make it work, but I got there eventually. <laughs> Just takes a lot of time. It can feel like a really big gamble and it can feel really scary. And I also think there's a huge misconception that it happens right away when in my experience, it takes time to um, sustainably build a business and learn about how to do all of that and and cover all your bases and get the word out and connect with people and I think that we have this unfortunate idea that it will happen right away and maybe for some people it does but I think being really realistic with um, making sure you have everything set up in a way that you can be supported and not panic if things aren't happening right away. Um, and yeah, it's a really big, it can feel like a really big shift from working like a day job that feels really secure and people, you know, people in your family or your community know that you're doing that and switching to doing something like, like this. And, um, I think, I think I underestimate how, um, out of the ordinary it is maybe because I surround myself with people who are doing similar things and who are also working for themselves that I think, yeah, maybe I do underestimate like how, um, yeah, 
I don't know how how like yeah. unique or how like it does challenge a lot of societal norms about work and how we should show up and all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, I think in like my my family or my group of people, a lot of people I know have their own businesses in my family, but they're all like in person local businesses, and no one I know ever had an online specific business. Even one of my brothers who like he had he had started a computer business fixing people's computers. He wasn't doing that remotely. He was doing that you know locally where we are in town, um, and so even with him. I didn't feel like, you know, he would have any words of wisdom necessarily. Um, I mean, I think, you know, everyone has something to bring to the table, but it's like when you're working all remotely and online, it's just a different, um, different set of expectations, I guess. Um, so yeah, it was, it was brand new and it's a, it's a big challenge, but if you're hearing all this and you're like, wow, this sounds really hard. <laughs> it is hard, but it's so worth it, I promise. And um, also what you were saying about how it like challenges norms about working, I think specifically in the field of fertility awareness too, it challenges even the norms about working remotely and working online because, um, I mean, I know for you and I, we try to go with the flow of our cycle and work cyclically. Um, and, you know, adjust how we're, we're using our energy throughout the different phases of our cycle. And that doesn't fit in with a lot of people's narratives about what it means to hustle and to do, you know, all you can to make all the money you can. And, you know, it's just, it's a totally different um, paradigm, I think, uh, to to instead check in with your body every day and ask yourself, you know, how can I, how can I show up today in a way that's, you know, supportive for, for me and I can continue to do this work because again, I think we come to this work because it's something that we're passionate about and we maybe felt burnt out from a previous um, line of work for a lot of people. Um, and so it can seem like this thing that we love and we'll never get tired of it. Um, but I promise if you're pushing yourself too hard and you're, you know, working late nights and, and you're potentially neglecting your other relationships in real life and, um, and in your family, uh, just to, you know, finish your online work, it can take a toll. And so it's important to have those, those boundaries for yourself and to really, be in tune with how your body is reacting. Um, Cause if you let it, it can become another desk job. You're just at home <laughs> instead of in an office. <laughs> and, um, and again, that can take the physical toll on your body. And so I think one of the opportunities of, of being able to do this work online and remotely and in touch with our cycle and to try and embody what that looks like um, is to be able to take breaks and move our bodies and, eat and we need to, um, you know, within, within where we're able to control. So yeah, it's a totally different, um, set of expectations about how this work looks. Yes. 100%. To all of that. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about, um, our experience doing FAM. Um, 
because I think it ties into this conversation. And again, it's a question that I get a lot. Um, both you and I did the same training program to become fertility awareness educators. And um, this conversation, I feel like, has a lot of different sides and uh, pieces of it. But I want to just talk about why we decided to do FEM. Um, and I'll also preface by, by saying that I think um, getting a certification is really important. And obviously, because that's what I did. Um, but I want us to um, later talk a little bit about what are the other things that you can do to support your fertility awareness education, because there were some things in FEM that I was missing. Um, namely, it's not a central thermal method of fertility awareness. It uses LH testing and cervical mucus. Um, but I want to just talk about why we decided to do FEM. So maybe that'll answer some people's questions who are thinking about going ahead and doing it. Um, I mean, for me, the reason that I chose it was it was online. Uh, I needed to be able to fit it into my schedule. I was working and I live in Canada and there wasn't anywhere that I could do it in person. Um, and then I, it was also affordable and I think I would have loved to do another training, uh, but I just wasn't able to pay for basically double what my undergrad degree cost for uh, training. Um, and what I really liked about it was that it does focus on charting for health so, I mean, that's a strength and also a weakness. I feel like it wasn't strong enough in charting for birth control, um, but I filled the gap with other resources and learning around symptothermal fertility awareness. But it does have a good focus on charting for health and understanding your hormones, which is something that I was personally struggling with at, at the beginning of my charting journey is understanding how hormone balance was showing up in my cycles. So that part was really helpful. and then. Finally, it was really helpful for understanding and charting cervical mucus uh, because I felt like when I learned fertility awareness or even when I read Taking Charge of Your Fertility, it was never as clear as when I learned FEM. And I feel like I'm much better at teaching cervical mucus because of FEM. Um, but that being said, I don't think there is one training. I don't know if you feel like feel the same way, Megan, but I don't think there's one training that checks all the boxes for me um, that I could like confidently tell someone, you know, this is affordable and it's really comprehensive and it's secular. There's no training that fits those boxes for me. Um, but FEM, well, I'm really happy I took FEM and I gained a lot from it. Um, but I'll just say that at the same time that it's not a very black and white um, answer. There's like a lot of nuance and depending on your situation and your scenario, uh, it might might be a good fit and it might not. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I love that you preface that with just kind of reiterating how important it is to have a certification because, you know, part of uh, teaching this method is to teach it in a way that, that is comprehensive for clients so that they can use the method effectively. Um, and 
when, you know, there are sort of like quick info sessions um, by people who, who may not have a certification, there can be lots of uh, important details that are left out, you know, on purpose or not on purpose, it doesn't really matter, but um, it's just so important to, you know, have that certification so that you can present um, a course or a learning experience for clients that is as comprehensive as possible. Um, and of course, again, you know, just, just as though, or just as if, um, you know, just like there's no perfect fertility awareness-based method certification program, there's no perfect um, course for clients in the same vein. Um, but yeah, I do think it is important to have a certification as, as you know, the start of, of your practice. Um, and so with them, I definitely agree with um, pretty much everything that you were saying there. Um, I liked with them that it was affordable as well. For me, that was probably the biggest reason or one of the biggest reasons why I chose it. Um, it was um, secular in its teaching um, and affordable. I also like that they have the medical management resources as well. Um, they kind of have that branch to their program where as an educator, you know, you're not a doctor, so you can't diagnose or treat clients based on their charting, but what you can do is refer them out to um, medical management resources and they have protocols in place to help um, people who are dealing with hormonal imbalances and things like that and kind of get to a deeper um, level of treatment. So I like that option for sure. Um, and I like that it goes hand in hand with looking at the cycle as a sign of health, as a fifth vital sign. Um, because I felt like before that, um, charting was hyper-focused on either birth control or conception and health was kind of like on the back burner is like, oh yeah, like cool, but like no one does that. <laughs> um, but I think the reason why I gravitated toward it was because I charted for health specifically and only for health for um, a good portion of the time when I first got started with the method. Um, and so I felt like that resonated with me. Um, I also liked with them, they had a very like reasonable timeline for the program. Um, I think when I did it, I think it took me like nine or 10 months in total. Um, and I felt like that made sense. Um, it was enough time for me to um, you know, internalize the information that I was being taught and then uh, work with my practice clients and then give feedback on their charting um, and then complete the, the course and the certification. So I felt like that was a reasonable timeline. Um, also because, again, I had literally quit my job and so I couldn't afford to be in a program that was like two years long that cost, like you mentioned, like double your, your, what it costs for one of your degrees. Um, there are programs out there that are, um, you know, for, for my budget, they were just not attainable, uh, timeline wise and budget wise. And so I found that FEM was a good middle ground. Um, and then I also liked that they have the flexibility for you to make your own course. You're not, you know, restricted to only using just the materials and that's it. And so because of that, you know, we're able to expand our courses and teach, you know, yes, cervical mucus and LH testing, but also um, about basal temperature and also about self-care and hormones and um, other practices that kind of can be parallel to fertility awareness, 
um, but are just as important, including, you know, mindset work and things like that. And so all of those areas and that flexibility, um, I thought was very freeing and it made me feel like, okay, this is something that I can really take charge of and, and create in my business. And this allows me the freedom to run my business, how, how I want to, um, and then similarly, there's a the flexibility um, to charge your own prices as well as a business owner, um, which I think is important to, to have that flexibility so you can create, um, you know, different pricing opportunities for people and be more accessible. So I really like that piece as well. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's what I had in mind. And then everything that you said um, really resonated as well. Yeah, let's... Um let's finish up by just giving some suggestions about what people can do to get themselves ready or just kind of build their knowledge base if they are thinking of um, becoming a fertility awareness educator. Because this is something we've talked about before that when you learn fertility awareness, it's so exciting and incredible and amazing. Mm -hmm. And you get that feeling of wanting to spread the knowledge with your community and telling everybody about it and wanting to become an educator. And I think that's incredible. And it's really important to make sure that you have some fam experience under your belt before you start teaching. And if, you know, if you're just new to charting and you're really excited about, about sharing this to um, use that time to develop your skills in other ways and before, until you're ready to take a training. Um, and there's no timeline. There's no, there's no right time, um, to do that. It's, it just depends on, on individual difference, but there are lots of things that you can do to get yourself ready or just to, I don't know, prepare, I guess. Um, and so let's talk about some of those things. I think the biggest thing for me is just using fertility awareness and making sure that you're confident yourself and, and you have experience firsthand experience with using a particular method yourself. And I think that's, that's really important. That's where I would start. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah. I think there's, um, a lot of programs that even like require a certain amount of time charting before they'll accept you into their program. And um, I think it's advisable because, you know, learning fertility awareness requires experiential learning and learning by doing. And we know that that is one of the most important ways that clients learn. Um, and it's just as important for us as educators to do that work as well and to put in the time. And what that means is, you know, charting with fam through thick and thin, you know, through stressful times in your life. Um, through travel, through, um, you know, illness and getting familiar with how your cycle patterns react or don't react to those different situations um, for yourself so that when you're working with clients, you have some perspective there. Um, it's really easy to say like, oh yeah, charting while traveling is easy. It's great. But like until you actually travel and you realize that you forgot your box of LH tests at home, and you're in like a different country, <laughs> then what? <laughs> and so you have to know, you know, how to be flexible, how to optimize the use of different biomarkers um, for your advantage, 
um, which biomarkers to bring in and what they can tell you about your cycle and to know those things from not just reading in a book, but experience. Um, I think that's really key because you'll have clients who will come up with a lot of different challenges in life. And they're, you know, these challenges are everyday things in normal life. Um, but in the context of fertility awareness, they can seem like big roadblocks. And so we want to be able to support our clients through those things um, with ease because it can be easy. Um, it just takes that support um, for ourselves and for them. And so my next suggestion is also to work with an instructor yourself. Um, if, you, if you've been self-teaching the method and you want to become an educator, I, I really strongly suggest first taking an actual course from another certified educator because not only will you ensure that you're getting a more comprehensive education than self-teaching alone, um, where you may or may not be missing out on certain important details that you might be unaware of, um, but you'll have the experience of working with an educator and receiving support um, and seeing what that can look like embodied in a course. Um, and also, you know, just getting a sense of course design. Different instructors design their courses completely differently from each other. Um, I think there's a lot of overlap, but um, there's a lot of areas where um, things are unique. And so I think it's important to get a taste of those different things. Um, and then in addition to that, you know, reading articles, books on hormone health, on fertility awareness, getting to understand um, all the different dynamics that can go into that and that can affect people's charting and affect your own charting. And again, these are situations that you may not even be aware of, you know, six months into your fertility awareness practice or a year into your fertility awareness practice, but by giving yourself more time and more opportunities to expand, um, it's going to be helpful um, for you in the long run. So, so yeah, anything else that um, you want to add in there, Nat? Yeah, something else that I really recommend people do alongside learning about hormone health and fertility awareness, working with instructor, is to build your knowledge base of teaching, of coaching, of mentoring, and of like business and marketing. And to use your time to really learn some skills. There's so much free stuff out there. Um, for me, when I was working and driving up north every week in my previous job, I would use that time to listen to podcasts. And I'm pretty sure I've listened to almost every episode of the Being Boss podcast, uh, which gave me an incredible foundation of marketing and business knowledge. And I think that really helped me in being able to articulate to market myself. And obviously you learn a lot of things as you go, but there's so many resources out there for online businesses, um, which is incredible. And to find someone who really resonates with you because there's just so much out there. Um, and then, yeah, to, to think about how you, like Megan said, want to structure your course um, and to start building a library of resources and information and images and ideas of how you want to present fertility awareness and how you want to show up in the fertility awareness world, because it's not about blending in and being like everybody else. It's about attracting the people that are like you, that want to work with you, that resonate with you because of your uniqueness and your incredible ability to communicate in your own way. 
Um, so learning about people who might want to learn fertility awareness, what are their struggles, what do they want to learn, um, how do they learn, all of those things you can start thinking about before you become an educator, as you become an educator, that will just get you in that mindset of not just using fertility awareness for yourself, but starting to think about teaching it, which is a completely different realm. And Mm -hmm. I think that is why it's so important to have that good grasp on FAM, to work with an instructor, to know that fertility awareness education is more than just using it. And I hope that we're not discouraging people from becoming fertility awareness educators, but it is really important that that distinction is there. Yeah. And I think it's a responsibility that we have as educators to, to recognize like, you know, the things that we're, that we're sharing um, and the advice we're doing it out of a place of love, (laughs) truly, Mm -hmm. because we've gone through these struggles and we've had these questions and you know, we're, we're trying to really sort of summarize it in a way that's digestible um, and just kind of share with you really like the reality of it. Um, it can have its challenges and we'll talk more about that in our next episode, um, but it's it's well worth it. Um, and then just a couple, just to elaborate real quick on a couple of points that you made there, um, you're absolutely right about getting further coaching and mentorship experience um, and instruction experience. One thing that I sort of like didn't, it didn't even enter into my mind was because in my experience, I was coming from the world of therapeutic writing instructing, instructing, where you're working with people of all different ages and abilities and just all different people. And it's amazing. And so every single lesson with any writer, you can have a completely different learning style from the previous person. And so it takes a lot of modification and adjustment in real time. And so for me, that was one strength that I actually felt that I already came into this field with because I had that ability already. And I was like, okay, now I just have to adapt that to fertility awareness. And so one thing that I love to do in my course is like, I tell my clients, like, if I'm explaining something in a way that doesn't make sense to you, please just tell me. And I'm happy to find different ways, visuals, we can talk about it, you know, to get you to that point of confidence with the, with the, um, with this concept, because it's so important and I want people to feel comfortable with that. And then in terms of business skills, um, one person who I really love, you mentioned the, the podcast um, that you like. One person that I love is Danielle Leslie. She's on Instagram um, at Danielle Leslie. She has an incredible course about how you can create your own online course profitably and sustainably. And I just love her work. She's like incredible. She's amazing. Um, And I highly recommend that anyone who wants to, you know, create a course, consider working with her, go explore her work, um, see what she's about and see if you resonate with her. um, Because she's just a really incredible, incredible resource. Yeah. And we'll link to um, the podcast that I mentioned and the resources that you mentioned, Megan, in the show notes. And if people have questions or stories or topic ideas for future episodes, please email us to the podcast email, which is bodyliteracybabes at gmail.com. And we also would love, love, love um, audio voice memos, which you can share with us through the Anchor app and probably you can just email them to us as well. Um, and also, please, if you're enjoying um, us 
in your ears. Uh, rate <laughs> and review us on Apple Podcasts or just even rate us. Um, that would be incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and really with those voice memos, we would love to hear your actual voice. I feel like yes. it's so important with this field to connect through voices as humans. Um, if email is like more your style, absolutely go for it. But we love really hearing from you guys. Um, I absolutely love doing voice messages on Instagram and stuff. So I'm all about that. Um, and then the other thing we just ask is like, if you want to share a story or an experience, um, we just ask that, you know, we can't offer actual charting advice to you, um, people who may have specific questions about their cycles, um, uh, just as part of that. But all in all, um, thank you guys for listening. Um, please consider connecting with us if you want to get to know us more on socials. Um, I'm on Instagram and YouTube at Fantastic Fertility. Um, and then Nat, where are you at? I'm at Fertility Awareness Project on Instagram. And my website is fertilityawarenessproject.ca. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, We'll wrap it up for today, but we'll see you next time um, with more information about fan educators and more talking on this topic. But for now, body literacy for everyone forever.